Greetings, everyone. We're so thankful you returned to hear a new installment about the Peters children. Today's story, Pearson Peters Takes a Car, deals with some sin issues all of us have encountered, so make sure to listen carefully. As always, if you hear a hymn title or a line from a hymn in the story and are the first to email us at whimsywins at gmail.com with the correct answer, we will send you a prize. Last week's winner, the DeLon family from Little Rock, Arkansas, submitted the correct answer of I'll Fly Away from last week's story, Mrs. Peter's Big News. So, hip hip hooray! Great job. Now it's time to get started on this week's story. Are you ready? Here goes. Pearson Peters takes a car. Pearson's best friend was Finn Wells. Their families had attended the same church since before they were babies. So Pearson and Finn got to know each other quite well in the church nursery. That is, at least as much as babies who can't talk can get to know each other. The families had become good friends over the years, and at least once a month, they all got together for a meal after church. Finn was one of five children, and his place in the birth order was smack dab in the middle, with two older and two younger siblings, and he was easygoing and affable. Pearson thought he was pretty great, and their friendship was a close one. Every Sunday after church, Daddy and Mama Peters would stand in the church courtyard and chat with the other families, including the Wells and the Englands, while their children played together on the playground. There was no shortage of things to talk about. They discussed everything from the sermon to issues of everyday life, like how the Wells desperately needed a new roof, which would cost an arm and a leg. This particular Sunday, their after-church conversation included an attempt by Mama Peters' friends to convince her to let them throw her a baby shower. From time to time, the children would wander over and overhear their parents' dialogue. They wondered how in the world adults could possibly keep talking about such stuff when they could be playing foursquare or tag or kickball instead. It just made no sense. Pearson and Penelope made up their minds that when they grew to be adults, they would play games after church rather than waste time talking to other adults about stuff like a roof on their house. The conversation turned to talk about lunch as the children began to grow hungry. Mrs. Wells invited everyone to their house for Sunday lunch, which would be the scrumptious pot roast that she had been cooking in her crock pot. The Peters children absolutely loved Sundays spent lazily at someone else's house, feasting and playing with other kids. They especially enjoyed Finn's house because it had a really cool basement with a foosball table and gobs of board games and even a dartboard. Pearson and Penelope could only wish their house had a basement, too. On the way over to the Wells' house, the Peters stopped at the store to buy ice cream as their contribution to the lunch. While Mama waited in the car, Daddy Peters ran in with Pearson and Penelope. I will choose two ice creams, and you choose two, Daddy Peters directed as he nodded toward the ice cream aisle. But deciding between so many delectable ice cream flavors was no easy task for the children. They stared longingly as they scanned the array of cartons containing the frozen yumminess. They had such a difficult time of narrowing their choices to a mere two flavors. However would they decide? It seemed almost cruel to limit their choices to only two. Daddy Peters, though, had no problem deciding on flavors. He quickly chose a caramel ice cream and mint chip. Pearson and Penelope briefly analyzed the pros and cons of cookie dough, fudge tracks, double fudge brownie, cookies and cream, and Neapolitan. But Daddy Peters, who was growing somewhat anxious to get moving, warned them that if they didn't choose, he would. 
They finally settled on cookie dough and fudge tracks and followed Daddy back to the car. As the Peters pulled up behind the England's car in front of the Wells house, Penelope secretly hoped she wasn't missing out on the fun the kids were probably having in the basement without her. It was kind of a bummer to arrive last, but she quickly dismissed the thought as soon as she spotted Lucy and Chloe Wells and Sophie England waving her over to where they were playing dolls on the porch. Meanwhile, Pearson had scampered upstairs and was playing cars with Finn and the other boys. Finn Wells must have had 500 cars. And that's not an exaggeration. Of course, it helped that his two older brothers had been collecting cars for years and had handed them down to him. There was such a variety of cars, too, in different colors and sizes, that each of the boys had their own personal pile of cars. Finn also had a track with multiple extenders and a double loop. Pearson, Finn, and Johnny England rigged the track and attached it to the top bunk of Finn's bed. It was beyond awesome. Repeatedly, the boys dropped the car down the track and watched as it traveled the double loop and slowed down just before it hit the bedroom door. Their fun was interrupted, though, when Mrs. Wells called upstairs that lunch was ready. Mr. Wells directed everyone into the dining room and prayed a prayer of thanksgiving for the meal. The moms handed the children their plates and led them to the picnic tables outside, while the adults sat around the more comfortable dining room table. The kids didn't care where they sat. They were just so happy to be together. After consuming the tender, juicy pot roast, spicy potatoes, buttery carrots and rolls, out came the ice cream cones, with two scoops of ice cream piled high on each. Pearson was pleased that he didn't have to make the hard choice between cookie dough and fudge tracks and had one scoop of each. There were 11 children between the three families, so cleaning up the lunch mess was quite an undertaking. Mrs. Peters walked outside and quietly encouraged Pearson and Penelope to help clean up the mess. Pearson could think of only one thing, cars, and was having a rough time concentrating on the cleanup. Mrs. Peter made certain Pearson didn't let his focus shift from cleaning up, though, as she reminded him that if he didn't do a good job, he wouldn't be allowed to play with cars at all. The firm reminder was all Pearson needed to hear, and the mess was soon cleaned up. With the cleanup behind them, Pearson ran back upstairs and immersed himself in race car mania. The boys began timing the cars as they sped down the track. Pearson had a particular fondness for his navy blue sports car with flame red stripes on the sides. He privately named the car Speedster and gleefully watched as Speedster blew away his competition all afternoon. The boys played the game uninterrupted for two solid hours before Daddy Peter sauntered into the room and beckoned Pearson. He was somewhat disappointed to leave Finn's bedroom for home, but he knew better than to object. Mama Peters frequently warned the children that if they complained and whined when it was time to leave fun places for home, they wouldn't be allowed to accept invitations to go anywhere. So Pearson said goodbye and followed Daddy Peters down the stairs. Daddy, Mama, and Penelope began making the rounds to say goodbye with hugs and handshakes. Oddly, Pearson hung back and stood silently with both hands in his pockets. Daddy Peters had to nudge him to shake Mr. Wells' hand. Pearson knew that he shouldn't have had to be reminded, but he was somewhat pouty because he didn't want to leave. On the drive home, Penelope talked nonstop to Mama Peters about the fun she'd had playing with Lucy and Chloe's lifelike dolls. Pearson was completely silent as he stared out the window, his right hand still jammed in his right pocket. Daddy Peters waited for a break in the conversation to turn his gaze in the rearview mirror to Pearson. You're awful quiet, buddy, Daddy Peters noted. Didn't you have fun? Uh, it was okay, Pearson said, not lifting his eyes from the window. Daddy Peters gave a hasty look at Mama Peters, and she too appeared puzzled by Pearson's reaction. 
they both found his quietness out of character and rather unusual for him. Piers, don't you feel well? Mama Peters asked. Pearson responded, but with a slight edge in his voice. I feel fine. I don't know. I just, I, I just didn't have much fun. Daddy Peters chided Pearson. Number one, don't speak even a little bit disrespectfully or impatiently. And two, you sound pretty ungrateful right now. That's disappointing. The Wells were so generous to feed us a delicious meal and to let you kids have run of the house. Plus, you had two generous scoops of two different kinds of ice cream. Piers, if your attitude doesn't change, I think you're gonna have to go to bed pretty early. Pearson felt his eyes burn as tears began to form, and he stared even harder out the window trying to keep the tears from spilling over. He muttered, okay, Daddy. Pearson spent almost the entire evening lying on his bed. He could hear the sounds of Penelope playing a rowdy game of memory with Daddy Peters downstairs. He began to feel better, though, as he hatched a plan to get out of the mess he'd made for himself. Pulling the speedster out of his right pocket, he stared at it for a moment, then walked downstairs to Mama Peters, who was busy emptying the dishwasher in the kitchen. He held out the car and said, Mama, look, I just found this in my pocket. Oops. Mama Peters looked first at the car and then at Pearson, and taking the car from him, she sat down at the table and motioned for him to do the same. What's this, Pearson? Mama Peters asked. It's Finn's car. It was in my pocket. Oopsie. I'll bring it back to him tomorrow at school. Uh, but how did it get in your pocket? Mama Peters asked gently, but with some concern in her voice. Pearson began to talk fast. And stuttering, he said, yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I put it in my pocket. And yeah, then I got home and it, it was still there. Oops. Yes, you've already said oops. But why did you put it in your pocket, Pearson? Uh, cause it was, it was the car I was playing with and stuff and it was a really fun game and sorry, I acted like I, I didn't have any fun because I did and we played on the track and this car was always the winning car and also I love the ice cream and the pot roast. Mrs. Wells is such a good cook. Pearson made several statements trying to distract Mama's attention away from the speedster. He casually got up from the kitchen table and walked into the living room. But there was no getting away from Mama Peters who called out after him. Pierce, I didn't excuse you. Come on back. Pearson gulped hard and turned around. Mama Peters placed her hand on Pearson's hand and they looked each other in the eye. I'm really glad you had a great time, Pearson. I certainly didn't love your attitude in the car, but I think I might just understand that that was only a symptom of a bigger problem. Do you think there was a bigger problem that was maybe causing you to be angry? Pearson's face flushed and he cleared his throat. <clears> throat> Well, what do you mean? Pierce, I think I would rather you tell me what I mean. Uh, uh, you, you mean you think there was something going on that was making me mad so I was pretending like I didn't have fun? Pearson was continuing to speak with a rapid cadence, trying his very best to sound innocent. Mama Peters, who wasn't easily fooled, responded, You're getting warmer. She was working extremely hard to maintain gentleness and patience. Well, I, I, I guess, I, I guess it was because I was thinking about the speedster, Pearson acknowledged. What's the speedster? He's that car you've got in your hands. I guess I was sort of thinking a lot about him. Why? Well, I, he was in my pocket and I was holding him. And he has this really cool spoiler on the back of him and stuff.
Right. But if you didn't mean to take the car, why didn't you tell us in the car on the way home that you had him? Well, at that point, Pearson's demeanor changed entirely. The tears that had been threatening began coursing down his face. But as fast as his tears were, his confession came even faster. Mama, I took the car. I acted like it was an accident by saying oops about it, but it wasn't an accident. I kept thinking about how cool it would be to add to my collection. Finn has like a gazillion cars, and I knew he wouldn't notice even if I had just one of them. Plus, I guess I did it really fast, and I didn't even think about how I would feel so bad. At first, I thought it would be amazing to have it for my very own, but I hate having this car. I hate that I took it. Mama, I don't know what to do. He buried his face in his hands and began sobbing. Mama Peters, filled with compassion, put her arm around her son and let him cry for a minute before speaking. Pearson, the Bible says that when we do well, our countenance will be lifted up. Your countenance is your face, which reflects your heart. When your heart honors the Lord, your face shows it. Daddy Peters and I could tell in the car that something was wrong, and God is so gracious. While I've been doing chores in the kitchen, I asked the Lord to give us wisdom and to reveal to us what was happening inside of your heart. Praise the Lord for His good grace and the work of the Spirit that caused your heart to be troubled until you confessed. Pearson began calming down, but still felt the load of guilt. I'm glad you know what I did, Mama, but I feel yucky about it. I understand, Bud, but the only way to feel better is to confess your sin and repent of it. It seems to me that God was already doing that work in you, so the hard work of the Spirit to help you to see your sin is behind us, and I'm praising the Lord for that. Yeah. He took a deep breath. But I have to give the car back, and I know. I know Finn is going to hes gonna want to know why it was in my pocket. Pierce, a truly penitent heart will boast all the more in his weakness to exalt Christ. You're willing to confess your sin because you're weak and you gave in to temptation. But the great part is you can share that the Holy Spirit convicted you and you can seek Finn's forgiveness. Okay, Mama, I kind of want to get it over with fast. I understand it feels bad to wait over something like this, but I'm happy to drive you back to the Wells house right now. Pearson followed Mama into the living room where she quietly informed Daddy Peters of the plan. Daddy nodded walked over to Pearson, and gave him a great big warm bear hug. Then he proceeded to go back to plain memory with Penelope. Pearson was so moved by Daddy's tenderness that his eyes filled again with tears. He knew that Mama had told Daddy about what had happened, and he felt so ashamed. But Daddy didn't show any sign of being angry or disappointed in Pearson. His heart was filled with humility and gratitude on the way to Finn's house. Mama Peter spoke softly to Pearson. Pierce, I think it would be good if you know exactly what you are planning to say to Finn. It'll be easier, and it will help you to remember to give a full confession. So how about you telling me what you're planning to say? I guess I'm planning to say, I'm sorry because I stole your car. Pearson bristled at the word stole. He was sad to think that he had actually stolen something. That's great. But you should probably tell him that you know it was sin against God and that you've confessed it to God and now you're asking for Finn's forgiveness. You might even think about explaining how we know stealing is wrong. Pearson looked puzzled. What do you mean, Mama? Well, 
Where in the Bible does it mention that we shouldn't steal? Pearson scrunched up his face and then remembered. It's the Eighth Commandment. Don't steal. My first grade Sunday school teacher taught us the Ten Commandments. You're exactly right, Pierce, and I'm so thankful that you're being humble and truthful about your sin. Shall we pray together? Pearson nodded and bowed his head, and for the umpteenth time that day, his eyes glistened with tears as he listened to Mama pray. Lord, we are so thankful that your spirit has convicted our young guy of his sin. We're thankful that your grace is sufficient and covers his sin. We're thankful that you love him so much that you won't let him stay in his sin. We ask you to prepare Finn's heart for forgiveness. Help Pearson to walk in humility and to remember that you are God, our help in ages past. Please give him courage right now. We love you. Amen. Mama Peters pulled the car into the Wells driveway as she finished up the prayer. She stepped out of the car and walked hand in hand with Pearson to the front door. Pearson knocked a couple times before Mr. Wells answered the door. Hi, Mr. Wells. Is Finn home? He sure is. Come on in, Pearson and Mrs. Peters. Oh, that's okay. I was just hoping he could come out for a minute. All right. Wait here and I'll go get him, Mr. Wells said, and left the door propped open. As they waited, Pearson observed a couple of Finn's siblings peeking out of the window at him, and he began to get nervous. He thought about his confession again, and his hands started to sweat. Mama Peter stood by him quietly. He didn't know it then, but Mama was praying for him to remain calm and to be at peace. Finally, Finn came out. Hey, Finn, Pearson said, having a tough time looking at Finn's face. Hi, Pierce. Well, I came over because I have to give you back the speedster, I mean this car, and I need to tell you something. I actually stole the car. I thought I really wanted it, and I put it in my pocket and walked away. But on the way home, I was super bugged, and I had to confess that I didn't obey God's command not to steal. Anyway, here's your car. I've confessed my sin to God, and now I need to ask for your forgiveness. Finn, would you please forgive me? As he finished his little talk, Pearson was, at last, able to look up at Finn's face. Finn looked at Mama Peters, and then back at Pearson, and said, of course I forgive you. Thanks for coming back. Hey, you can have the car. I got it from Davy, who got it from Sam, and I don't even play with it a lot. Pearson hesitated. I I don't know if I don't even know if I want the car, Finn. I I feel so bad I took it. Pearson also considered the feelings he might have every time he played with the car, of feeling guilty all over again. I know what you mean. Finn replied. But I would kind of feel bad if you don't take the car, because you're my best friend, and I want you to have the car anyway. I wish I'd thought of giving it to you already. Finn placed the car back in Pearson's hand and hugged him. Pearson hugged his buddy back, completely overwhelmed by gratitude that Finn forgave him without question. On the way home, at Mama Peter's prompting, Pearson prayed a prayer of thanks to God for letting it go so well, and also for giving him the sweet gift of the speedster. As Pearson held the speedster in his open hand, he realized that it didn't have to remind him of his guilt, but instead it would remind him of God's grace and forgiveness, his parents' grace and forgiveness, as well as Finn's grace and forgiveness. Now every time he played with the speedster, 
he could remember that Christ took away his guilt and graciously got him through an extremely rough day. Hello! Welcome once again to Grandmom's Corner. That was quite a story. Pearson sure made a mess of things. But what about you? Have you ever gotten yourself in a heap of trouble like Pearson? I know I have. I've often told the story about how when I was a little girl, I went into the store with my mom, saw a piece of candy that I really wanted, thought about it some more, wanted it some more, until it finally led to me stealing it. I stuck it in my pocket, and my mom and I went out to the car after we finished shopping, and she found out that I had taken it. I had to go back into the store and tell the manager I was sorry and confess my sin of stealing to God. By stealing, I broke the Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal. But you know what else I was guilty of? I was guilty of being covetous. I broke the Tenth Commandment. Let me turn to Exodus 20:17 and read the last part of that verse to you. It says, do not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. The candy didn't belong to me, but I thought about it because I wanted it, and then I took it. Pearson coveted Finn's car until he took it too. On the way home, Pearson broke the fifth commandment, you shall honor your father and mother. When he was sassy and disrespectful to Daddy and Mama Peters after they asked him if something was bothering him, his sin didn't stop there either. After he returned home, he made up a story and said that he accidentally put the car in his pocket, which was a lie. Thankfully though, he recognized his sin and repented. He confessed his sin first to God and then to Finn, and he was forgiven by both. And that's a great place to end Grandmom's Corner this week. We hope you'll come back next week for a new story about the Peters children. Bye for now.